So we are ready to praise and to worship God with our voices in song. Then let us stand. We all have instruments, right? We brought our instruments with us? Okay. All right. Show me your instruments. We have to be like kids. Show me your instruments. All right. All right. Let's worship God. Let's worship. Say, open our eyes. Open my eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. To see you high. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power in love as we sing holy, holy, holy. All right. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come. All right, hold up. Keep playing. Woo! Worship. Many forms of worship. Worship is an opportunity to thank God that you have a breath. Who's breathing right now? Anybody? Take that deep breath. It might have hurt in your head because of the pollen, but take that deep breath. You have opportunity. This is your chance to tell God, thank you. Even though I made bad decisions last week, even though I messed up and had an attitude with my neighbor, I am here in front of you, humbling myself, that you are worthy of my praise. So let's do it, people. Hit it again. Say, come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give. as you are to worship come just as you are before your God come one day 
who one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, with streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing. And every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Continue to worship and give praise to God this morning. Let me get the right key. Do you believe in Jesus? He saves us. Yes. That He sent His Son, that God sent His Son to die for us, that we can know Him. So let's continue because there is hope for us this morning. is here shout the news to everyone it's a new day peace has come jesus saves mercy triumphs at the cross love has come to rescue us jesus saves hope is here what a joyful noise we'll make as we join in heaven's song to let all the world know that Jesus saves. Raise a shout to let all the world know that Jesus saves. 
free at last. Every debt has been repaid. Broken hearts can be remade. Jesus saves. Sing above the storms of life. Sing it through the darkest night. Jesus saves. Free at last, what a joyful noise we'll make as we join in heaven's song. To let all the world know that Jesus saves. Raise a shout. To let all the world know that Jesus saves. You save. You save. You heal. Restore. Reveal the Father's heart to us. You rose to raise us from the grave. The Spirit lives in us. Sing it out. To let all the world know that Jesus saves, raise a shout. To let all the world know that Jesus shout it out, shout it out. To let all the world know that Jesus saves, raise a shout. To let all the world know that Jesus saves. I know that'll come back to haunt me this week because the devil will be like, ah, no, you're not acting like it. Um, but guess what? This is our intercessor time. No? I told you no. The altar is always open, guys. You're out. Another opportunity of worship is to be an intercessor for your loved ones. Through the physical pain, the mental pain, the spiritual pain that they don't have or they don't see yet. Guys, take this opportunity. We don't got tomorrow. You only have right now. So take the opportunity to kneel before God, stand before Him, raise your hands, and cry out to Him with the pains that your broken heart has brought you. I don't know how people without Christ make it without daily living their lives for him on the top of all the pain the world throws at us I just don't know why they would even bother but they do so you get the opportunity right now to bring them before God and to cry out to him for their own souls sing the Lord bless you Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Sing the Lord bless you. gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards 
be in this place as we continue to worship and bring glory to him let us let him meet us here let us prepare our hearts for what he has for us It is well. 
those words I think about all the things that's gone on this week we had a baby shower celebrating a new birth coming Maximus had his fifth birthday this week we also had a funeral of a beloved pastor in this area this week think of Debbie and Mike Wise that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but because of health, they haven't been able to be in the house of God. 
I think of all the loved ones that, that have gone on before us in those struggles. Just in this congregation, we've had highs this week and we've had lows this week. We've had good weeks, we've had bad weeks. But because of our Lord and Savior, we are still able to say, it is well with my soul. Because of who he is and the breath that he gives us. We praise him for that this week. And we thank him for that. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you for your love that has been poured out upon us. We thank you for those days that you carried us. We thank you for those days that our hearts were so full of sorrow. And then here comes your joy and your peace rushing in. Oh God, we thank you and we praise you for that, dear Lord. God, we give you this day. We give you this service. We give you the words of our songs. We give you the breath in our lives to glorify you today. Again, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I can have the ushers to make their way forward. As we give our tidings, I'd like to read some of the words of the song I'm about to uh, play. Jesus is king, and I will extol him. Give him the glory and the honor of his name. He reigns on high, enthroned in the heavens. Word of the Father exalted for us. We have a hope and steadfast and certain, gone through certain the curtain touching the throne. We have the priest who is there interceding, pouring his grace on our lives day by day. We come to him, our priest and apostle, clothed in his glory, bearing his name, laying our lives in gladness before him, filled with the spirit, we worship the king. And that's why we're here today, to worship the king.
let us tell you about our Jesus. Your name is healing. Your name is healing. 
Jesus. In the name of Jesus, he has captured you. He has captured your heart. God, open our hearts now as the pastor comes and fills them with your words. Shake us to our core, God. Don't let us leave complacent or the same as we came in. Shake us up, dear Lord, in your precious holy name of Jesus. Everybody speaks. Amen. Amen. So, now that I have y'all's attention, I did that on purpose. Not really. I wouldn't do that on purpose to y'all. So, this morning, we're going back to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to look at two, or the last two of the eight Beatitudes. So we're going to look at verses 9 through 12. I know that I covered these last week, but there's some things that we need to see that I want to talk about here. And these last two that we find, uh, you know, we are going to move from a passive Beatitudes or blessed into a active or a moving beatitude as in a peacemaker. So let us look at this passage of scripture that we have. Matthew chapter 5 verses 9 through 12. I'm going to get there. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you 
and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So whenever we read this, of course, we, we kind of get here and we, we get to this end part. And we hear these words that says in verse 12, it says, be glad and rejoice. Now we are supposed to be glad and rejoice. Why? Because of what's spoken of in verses 10 and 11. And that is that we are supposed to be glad that we are persecuted. We are supposed to be glad and rejoice in the fact that the people around us cast insults upon us and say all types of evil things about us. Does that make you happy? Whenever people do that, does that really make you happy? Do you rejoice within it? I don't. I really like for people to like me. <laughs> well, some don't, but I like for people to like me. I don't want to do this. So whenever I read this passage of Scripture, I kind of take a little step to the side, and I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. Am I really doing what God needs for me to do and wants for me to do? Because I really don't have that much persecution in my life. How many of you, think about it, how many of you have people speaking evil about you? How many of you have people lying and heaping insults on you? How many people of you are, you know, are persecuted today? I'm glad nobody raised their hands. You know, it's really strange, you know, us here in, in the Western world, we have a friend that kind of gets upset because they say, oh, you know, every time I talk to you, you bring up God. And we get offended. And we're like, oh my goodness, they're persecuting me. You know, last month, a couple of weeks last month, uh, you know, we, we put in inserts into your pamphlet or into the bulletin about the persecuted church. Uh, you know, there, there's no persecution going on here in the United States compared to everywhere else in the world. So whenever I read this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm like, God, am I really doing what you want me to do? Because I'm not being persecuted. Do I need to speak up? Are there other things that you would have for me to do? Because if I'm doing what you have for me to do, then I'm going to be persecuted. Amen. Right? If I'm going to do what God has for me to do, I'm going to be persecuted. So am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or am I just simply making myself feel good? By speaking every once in a while. How, how, how into... 
God or we? Have we totally turned our lives over to God? I went to uh, Mickey Smith's funeral. And words that they said about him yesterday was, Mickey was faithful and Mickey was committed and Mickey was unwavering. And they said every time you had a conversation with Mickey, he brought it back to Jesus Christ or he brought it to the church. Regardless of what you started the conversation with, he was going to bring it back to Jesus Christ and to the church. Because that was the center of his life. Some of y'all know Mickey and know that Mickey pastored Fort Mill Church of the Nazarene in its glory days, what they would call. And they talked about a Sunday morning service, or actually they talked about a Sunday night service where he first preached his message about the little red wagon. They had 600 people that Sunday night. The next Sunday morning, they had 800 people. Mickey spoke the truth about God, and the church grew. We're afraid to speak the truth about God because we're going to offend someone. Because we don't want to be persecuted. We don't want to lose our friends. I'd rather lose a friend than lose them to Satan, uh, you know, in hell. And not going, not knowing anything about Christ. So that's just where it takes me. That doesn't have anything to do with the message. Just thought that was free for you. So let's go back and let's look at this, uh, you know, because it starts off telling us that we are supposed to be peacemakers. What is a peacemaker? Is it someone that has a life that is void of conflict? Or is it someone that helps people to get out of conflict? Then I would have to ask, whose peace are you making? Because if you're all about making peace for yourself, then you're going to offend and you're going to hurt someone else because they don't like what you like. Right? We had game night at the house last night. Y'all should have heard my wife just taunting me because I hadn't won. There was no peace, but she was having a great time. As I'm sitting over here with a tray full of tiles and can't do nothing. So it's whose peace are you going to Pro, you know, that you're going to put forth. And they're not going to have peace. I really went into that because of the pizza. We actually had to order two pieces or two pizzas so that everybody would be happy with what pizza they would eat. Now, see me, I'm a peacemaker, so I ate four pieces, 
two from this pizza and two from this pizza. You know, see, so I, you know, I'm not biased. Just put pizza in front of me. I'm going to eat it. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. That was a staple in my diet for 15 years, pizza. But see, whenever we think about this, we have to get into this realm as far as whenever we're talking about being a peacemaker. There again, it's, it's not a passive beatitude. We're supposed to be making peace. Whose peace are we making? As believers, we're making peace for Jesus Christ, right? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> let, me, let me take you. Let me work this little pad here again for you. I can do this. Matthew chapter 10. Go all the way down to verse 32. I'm going to give you all an opportunity to get there. It says, therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will acknowledge them before my Father in heaven. Oh, that's a good thing, isn't it? If we acknowledge Jesus, Jesus Christ before people, he's going to acknowledge us before his Father in heaven. That's why we have baptism. That's why it's a, it's a public baptism so that you could show an outer showing of an inward work. That's why we do communion. So that we show the people that Jesus Christ is at work in my life by taking an outward sacrament. Verse 33. But who deems me or who denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Not too good. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Ah. That's a hard passage of Scripture to read, isn't it? Especially whenever you look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. That is a prophecy about the Messiah coming. And it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So that's who he is. In his name, Prince of Peace. But he says here that he didn't come to bring peace to the earth. Right? So if the peace that we are, are giving, we're not going to have peace here on this earth. 
Y'all didn't say amen. For us to give peace, to give the peace that Jesus Christ is talking about, we will not have peace here on this earth. Because we, just as Jesus was, Jesus came as a rebel and he turned the religious order upside down. He told the religious leaders what you're doing and the things that you were bringing about onto these people is not what the kingdom of God is all about. He had enemies. So much that they took him to the cross. To die on the cross. Remember the scripture that we read says that the prophets of old was persecuted. See, the, the peace that we have in, in what we're trying to give this earth is not what the earth wants. And since it's not what the earth wants, we will have opposition. If we're doing it right. How hard did you battle against the Holy Spirit whenever He drew you before you received Christ as your Savior the first time? Was it easy? Did you just simply come in and come running? Or were you fighting against the things that you wanted in this world? It's not going to be easy. We, we look at this and we can see that even with the persecution of being a peacemaker, that it's immediately followed by persecution. Because Jesus knew that if we are a true peacemaker, we're going to face conflict. We're going to have struggles here on this earth. Jesus died a death on the cross. Because the men didn't want the message that he was preaching. Scripture tells us that there was no room in the hearts. There was no room in their hearts to receive the message of Jesus Christ. Because they wanted the message of the world. And they did everything that they could. They crucified him on the cross. They thought that a death by the curse of dying on a cross would solve the issue, would take care of it. But then we get into the real peace that Jesus is talking about or, or that's being talked about here in the Beatitudes. Isaiah said that he is a peacemaker. 
Jesus talks about here in Matthew chapter 10, that he didn't come to bring peace to the world, right? But he came to bring us peace. I, I need for you to follow along with me. Because the only way that we can be peacemakers is if we bring them to the only one that is peace. See, you know, whenever we think about this passage of Scripture, we always bring this into, uh, you know, let me be a physical peacemaker, as in whenever my neighbors are in conflict, I'm supposed to come in and help them solve it so that they can have peace. Yes, we should love one another and we should be able to join together, although there's little differences in our thoughts and beliefs, but we all believe in Jesus Christ and we all confess that he is the Son of God and he is our Lord and Savior. Regardless if you're the Baptist and you think that you progress in your sanctification or you're a Nazarene and you feel that you are entirely sanctified all at one point in time, that's not the difference. The thing about it is, is that we come together and we make peace through the Holy Spirit living in our lives because we are all directing people to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is peace. So in the midst of our conflict... I'm going to single out this couple that's on the front row. So if I came to this couple that's on the front row here, and I told them, you know what? The lifestyle that you two have chosen to live isn't what God truly has for you to live. Am I making peace with them? Or am I trying to create conflict? Come on. Did I lose y'all? Because we're trying to create peace through Jesus Christ. By giving them the example of how Jesus Christ needs for them to live. I live in an apartment complex. I have a lot of people that I get to talk to. I'm the pool monitor, just waiting for the swimming pool to open up so I can go and have to, you know, and just slave out there by the swimming pool. I go into the office And I want to talk to them about being a pool monitor and what they need for me to do and let them know that I am doing some work and stuff out there for the money that you're giving me. And I walk into the manager's office and the guy introduces me to her. And she goes, now, excuse me, can you remind me who you are? I'm the pool monitor. And this is the third time I've been in your office. But then we started talking about some other things. 
And they are blessing the church with some bicycles and stuff that's not being used at the apartment complex that people's left. So they're going to give us those bikes so that we can put them together and make a, a couple of good bikes and then give them away. So I'm talking to her and she, and, and I said, yes, I said, you know, I'm the pastor at a church. And she goes, what church? And I told her what church and where I was at. And she goes, now, is that youth pastor or is that, I'm like, no, I'm a lead pastor. She goes, really? I'm like, yes, lead pastor. Oh, okay. Where am I going with this? I'm trying to make peace. See, but in, in, the, in the words and stuff that I'm a lead pastor, boy, you should have seen the recall. I could see the wheels just a turning. Did I say something bad or something? Did, did, did I offend him by some word that I said? He, he's a preacher. I have to make sure that I don't say things like that. The peace that we are here to make, yes, we're, we're here to try to make sure that we're okay with everybody. But the peace that we're here to make is, is that we're here to give the peace of Jesus Christ to everybody that's around us. It's not my peace. It's not the worldly peace. It's the peace of Jesus Christ. And I can't do that without being persecuted. Come on. I cannot truthfully spread the peace of Jesus Christ and not be persecuted. Because the world hates Jesus Christ. So whose peace are you going to give? And I want to close for you. Because whenever we look at this passage of Scripture, I'm not neither one of them. Matthew 5. Blessed or the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Who will you be called? Will you be called a son of God? Or will you be called the son of Satan? One or the other. I'm the son of Roger Sadler. I'm the son of God. And if you're the son of God, are you going to be a peacemaker? Are you going to be a peacemaker?
as in someone that presents the peace as in Jesus Christ to whoever you see. Whenever you breathe your last breath here on this earth, and whether you're in a coffin or you're in an urn, what are they going to say about you? Are they going to say that he was a son of God or she was a daughter of God? Are they going to say that every conversation that you had, you brought it around to talk about Jesus Christ? Because he's the one that's the center of your life. What are they going to say? Mickey Smith was a pastor for over 60 years. He graduated with honors from Treveca Nazarene College. From as long and as far back as I can remember, every story from every age was about Jesus Christ. You're never too young. You're never too old. To be a peacemaker. You can't be a peacemaker today. And not tomorrow. You either present peace. In every waking moment of your life. Or you don't present peace. I'd like everyone to stand this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask that question to you. And I want you to respond. Who will you be called? If you can't say that you would be called a child of God, the altar is open for you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Then I ask the question again. Whenever I ask the question this time, I would like a response as in hallelujah. Now let's change the response. 
I want you to respond, I'm a child of God. Who will you be called? There's not that many of them. There was more that didn't say anything than said it. Again, the altar is open. If you cannot say that you are a child of God, this morning you have the opportunity to become a child of God. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day and for this time. God, I thank you for each one that was here. I thank you for the word that you have given to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.